whoops, we forgot to record for four weeks. Oops. No, sorry, not sorry. We had we had big <laughs> things happening, you guys. If anyone's listening to this, your very own Alexis has moved house. I did. A I whole did. damn house. I across the city. And so I'm in a new office now. And so if my sound is kind of echoey, I apologize. There are four pillows and all of my crocheting all over the floor to try to dampen the sound. But this is a much better or, or much bigger room than my old office. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've got dogs in the room with me. So if they do anything weird, I mean, it is what it is. They exist. So <laughs> <laughs> they're being really good. I love hearing that. Yeah. My old man's sleeping. Because usually we're like editing them tippy tapping outside of the back of the outside of the uh, room in the back of the editing, but they're just like chilling right now. They're gonna go off when someone gets home, but um, they're I think they'll be. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yeah. trust them. Best not say that name in front of them. They know him by the D name. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, we took a break, which turned into a break from um editing which turned into a break from hosting (laughs) so i think maybe after episode three season four you're gonna get this big big old gap uh you or you actively have already gone through the big old gap but that kind of tells you how far in the time machine we are wow Uh, yeah but we are still we're still looking for an editor if anyone or a producer (laughs) if anyone is willing to edit our podcasts Oh yeah, I'd love that. That's the that's the part we don't like. We love hanging out. We love watching our show. But then, <laughs> yeah, I we will happily give you a producer credit. Um, heck, if you're a fan of of Psych, you can join the pod as long as you do the editing. Like that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> New friends, welcome. <laughs> yes. Okay. Reach out to us at to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. Um, but if you are interested in listening to my other podcast, it's called Talk Tech with Data Dave and can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Um, shall we actually like talk about the episode now? It's showtime. This is To, to the, the Blueberry! I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. Together, we are a real-life best friend duo who loves the show Psych and decided a good reason to talk to one another once a week was to host a podcast. Yeah, now we get to hang out and talk about our favorite show mostly every week. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Well, except for this past month, but that's a different story. Today's episode is Season 4, Episode 11, Thrill Thrill Seekers Seekers and and Hellraisers. Now, that is a reference to ZZ Top's Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, right? I mean, sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I just trust them to make a, an episode title reference. I'm just like, <laughs> eh, Lexus got it. <laughs> well, there, is a, there is another interesting ZZ Top connection that we'll get to a little bit later. So, Oh, my. I know. I kept that one. I kept that one when, in our pre-chat. For me to share later if you can hear my dog panting i'm so sorry i can't i'm not worried um okay. if you can listeners email us <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't catch a date but i'm assuming it's 1987 it is it well it's 1989 oh yeah 1989 we're in 1989 and we see henry come down the stairs with his newspaper and i wrote does he send something Maybe he heard something on the roof. He just looks around very confused all of a sudden. And then something just flops off the roof. It just like (laughs) drops like a lead weight past the window. And he like runs outside because it was maybe boy shaped. Yeah. We get outside to find Sean and Gus. Little baby Sean and little baby Gus. Practicing base jumping, they say. Well, what had happened was (laughs) they... (laughs) They're climbing down off the roof from the ladder. So it wasn't either of them that dropped swiftly past the window. They're using dummies to test their parachutes. They're practicing base jumping and we see little baby Gus is off to the side. He goes, yeah, that's mine over there. We've made improvements since then. He has stuffing coming out, Alexis. There's stuffing coming out. (laughs) 
Henry gets very Henry about it and said, as long as you live in my house, you follow my rules. Uh, and then Sean does the very Sean thing of, well, maybe when I don't live in your house anymore, I'll be exciting. And take any risk I want. And Henry says, okay, well, when you and Gus are 30, you can go right ahead. And then he looks at Gus and he goes, Gus, you can be as wild and reckless as you want. Oh, and then he looks at Gus and he's like, come on, Gus, you're smarter than this. <laughs> he's the one who gave Gus a complex, darn it. At, uh, at present day, the boys are being wild and reckless by playing with bunnies. And Here's... we're not talking like, like, um, Monty Python, deadly rabbit sort of bunnies. We're just talking about bunnies. <laughs> yeah. At the pet store, petting adorable, adorable bunnies. Here's the thing. Here's where I diverge from our boys extremely far. I don't trust rabbits. Never trusted a rabbit. I won't be caught dead holding a rabbit. Um, they can't be trusted. They're twitchy. <laughs> hmm. We had a lot of rabbits in our old yard. And um, my husband was pretty notorious for going, bunny! And like looking out the window and then screaming, Alexis, bunny, bunny! And then I had to go and look at the bunny. Um, but I started naming them. And I was actually, we had, we had a very, uh, like we had a very consistent group of them that were in our backyard. And so I finally figured out how to tell the difference between them, which was kind of fun. But I never held any of them because, you know, they were wild rabbits and stuff. Yeah. But even domesticated ones, like I don't want to hold someone's pet bunny. I don't trust it. Like I just can't. There's a horror movie called Night of the Lepus. I've never seen it, but I, I mean, I know. I have this um, uh, so, sort of rough theory that I was Napoleon in another life because there's this story about when he was exiled to Elba. He thought uh, a nice pastime would be out hunting rabbits. This segues into our, our episode, I promise. But instead of being like docile, timid, you know, run and hide bunnies, they swarmed and attacked him. So if I wasn't Napoleon, maybe I just also had a very unfortunate Elba rabbit experience in my past life. Um, but as we learn, the French eat rabbits. And <laughs> Sean can't believe it. <laughs> Among others. And, and Sean is like, Sean actually hints what? that um, rabbits might eat other rabbits. He said, yeah, I'm not counting, you know, other rabbits. And Gus says, rabbits don't eat other rabbits. Sean would like to disagree. He, he thinks they do. I wouldn't trust the them. The secret comes out, though. And uh, Gus just kind of blurts out that he has a secret girlfriend. Sean is like, what? I'm so mad at you. Wait, why am I mad at you? I can't remember because I'm holding this adorable bunny. You brought me all the way down here to get me all hopped up on this bunny love so you could spring this on me and I wouldn't make a scene? Well, it's working. I don't even remember that this what this whole thing was about. Because <laughs> Gus... Oh no, he said, I have something big to tell you. Sean said, anything. Gus is like... Oh no, he said, uh, Sean said, anything, nothing can dent our impenetrable bond. I think we've proven that so far. And then he's told that Gus has a secret girlfriend and Sean says, you're dead to me. So there's a lot of very quick back and forth. It's very fun. I have way too much written down and I'm not reading any of it because like I took too many notes. But Gus <laughs> says they met at BevMo. Do we know what BevMo is? Nope. But she's but in marketing. Her name is... Ruby, and she's in marketing. And she's really cool. Sean is a little bit concerned that um, she might be just trying to take him to the cleaners. Um, You know all my cash is tied up in dress shirts and what else? I don't even know. A dress shirt's got me. Striped oh one gosh. specifically. And Sean wants to know why Gus waited so long to tell him. I guess Sean tends to scare away Gus's girlfriends. Um, yes. But often for for what Sean considers very good reasons. And then Gus said, you asked the last one if she knew the riddle of the Sphinx. You dodged a bullet there, man. <laughs> Sean did know the answer to, but only because he saw it on Super Friends. She had the exact same opportunity to see that episode. But Sean puts down the bunny. No more bunny time. It's time to get real. 
He will not be swayed or easily impressed due to the intense, intense adorability high of petting the bunnies. So um, he's like, I'm not going to make this easy on her. Um, the bar is here, down at about waist level. She needs to get up here, above shoulder level. Um, <laughs> probably about eye level, to be honest. So Ruby comes in. She walks in at that very moment. This was a true bunny ambush. And... Um, I don't know if you caught this or not, but when they greeted Ruby, Sean did the gust hello. Oh, no. I She says, hi, handsome. And sh- I heard Sean go right back at you. Oh, okay. I misheard everything then. My bad. I don't know. That's, that's all I have written down. Um, and Gus is like, she means me. <laughs> Ruby has been cleaning up ducks from the oil spill oh yeah sorry she's running late um sean thinks that that's wonderful so he scales up but then he feels that it was very rehearsed so she scales down yeah he says that sounded a little rehearsed did he give you that and ruby says that he's just as kooky as advertised but gus really undersold that hair scale up but i really like this guy and she rubs the magic head scale Scale up? up again Sean has some questions for her. First, it is, what is your favorite color? She says, black. He says, he says, um, liar. She says, prove it. And then he says, what is your favorite flavor? She says, of what? He goes, everything. She says, mango. And he's like, too easy. And then he's like, what is your favorite Magnum P.I. episode? That's the only thing I have. What's your favorite Magnum Magnum P.I. episode? Followed by, she got the answer right. She said, did you see the sunrise? And he was like, second favorite? She said, did you see the sunrise part two? Wait, scratch that. Reverse them. Scale up again. Yeah, she's winning. There is a lovely, a lovely walk and talk uh, with Sean and Gus and Ruby. Oh, you guys have the most rich and fulfilling friendship I've ever seen. Sean says, yeah, we're just like Andy and Ducky with just a hint of Mary-Kate and Ashley. Sean's like, okay, time to meet your friends. But, um... John is free right now, but Ruby already has plans. And they don't have enough supplies for them. Sean actually goes, uh, supplies? Oh, I said there are really pretty fall trees behind the boys during this episode. Um, Gus gets a kiss goodbye, followed by, you know, that's right. <laughs> and then we are off to a single, um, a single Sean and Gus walk and talk through what seems like kind of the woods. And they are obviously crashing the picnic for vetting. Yes. Gus says, I can't believe we're crashing the picnic. Sean says, you asked me to vet her. Gus says, I did not. (laughs) Sean says, I'm going to vet her till there's no vetting left to vet. I didn't get the whole quote. He just (laughs) says vet a lot. Um, Basically, she was too prepared for the interaction at the pet store. She needs to be surprised. And then he brings up Mira. Ooh. Mira. Yeah. Gus, Gus says, don't mess this up for me. Sean says, you don't want, you want this. You want me to do this. You want to avoid another Mira situation. I don't need your help. Are you sure about that? Mm, 90% sure. Are you really sure that you're sure about that? Okay, 81% sure. <laughs> Sean says, let the betting continue. We psych in on a guy putting on a seatbelt, talking on a cell phone. That's... I wrote, um, sees dude in truck on phone, red flag. Find out later. False red flag. Um, Ruby turns around and she was like, uh, hi, what happened to next week? We don't have enough supplies. Yeah, no I worries. guess it's like, sorry. They brought their own Gruyere. <laughs> Sean. Ruby's like... Gotta love a good cheese reference. Ruby's like, "Uh uh-uh, you wanted to catch me off guard. Sean is shooketh. Scale up. We get hit with some big guest stars here. Yeah, so introduced as friends, Derek Walker, Jessica Martino, and Stu Crawford. So Derek Walker, I best know from the long-running television show Reba, where he played a himbo. Oh my god, the best himbo. But I think uh, our younger audience, because we have such a vast audience on this podcast, <laughs> will more likely know him from, um, oh my gosh, I just said it out loud. Shameless. From Shameless, where he plays a 
big, um, handsome, kind of bad guy. Uh, Jessica Martino is played by a actress slash WWE wrestler at the time who was known for her long legs. And her intro song to WWE was Legs by ZZ Top. There's your ZZ Top reference. Okay, we're going to follow up up on this a little bit later. We followed our, (laughs) we are, don't we? We uh, followed the last episode with John Cena with another WWE wrestler, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, we did. Stu Crawford, who I know from things, and I don't know his actual person name. No, I didn't write him down. He looks so familiar, you guys, and I'm going to kick myself because he's in stuff, but I feel like he'd make a good Russian. (laughs) I think he would too. It's funny that you went, oh, because um, Sean's response to finding out the guy's name was Stu was to go, Stu. I'm not booing, but it sounds like I am. I just wrote Sean being awkward, and Gus is sorry for crashing, and Derek is like, not crashing at all. Go gear up and come with. My favorite line in this scene is um, that the boys thought that they were having a picnic because it was lunchtime. But it's three o'clock in the afternoon. And then Sean said, oh, you have to understand. Lunch for us starts 10 minutes after breakfast ends and goes till 10 minutes before dinner starts. And then there's this whole dinner and dessert situation, which is lunch and dinner and dessert and dinner. Um, and I just connect with that statement, so. Um, it, it rests in my hobbity, hobbity soul because we've got <laughs> breakfast and second breakfast and 11sies and luncheon and afternoon tea and dinner and supper. And like, it just covers the entire clock. And I have that clock. It's in my kitchen. Sean's like pretending to be okay with this because he's done it a hundred times. But it's a small world. The ride doesn't count. Derek is excited to find out that Sean is psychic. Yeah, so Sean is like, now that we've met all of you, I'm sure you're curious about me. And Derek's like, actually, yeah, you're psychic? You want to predict my future? The, like, easiest thing that Sean could see was that everybody had these GG logos on their life life jackets, except for Stu. And he was like, um, I can tell that Stu is the expert here. Wow, yeah, he is the most expert one. Jess is very uh, I can impressed. also tell that Jessica is a very free spirit. She's single, but looking. And Ruby's like, wow, how'd you know that? She, ugh, well, he says, she's tickling my ass. And then Jessica goes, it was totally an accident this time. <laughs> I was just so taken aback that he said, tickling my ass. That, like, I was just like, what, what? It was weird. That explains why my notes say she's touching my butt. Uh, yeah. That, that makes sense. I edited that for myself. They are rafting, and uh, we kind of find out a little bit more about the team. So first we find out that they are a tight-knit bunch, a tight-knit bunch who kind of met each other along the way. Yeah, they kind of... Uh, so... T- wait. Okay, I have this written down. Hold on. Derek and Stu met at the Wildlife Preserve, which is ironic because Derek used to be a big game hunter. And he says after he bagged the big five, he turned over a new leaf. Big five? Mouse? Squirrel? Turtle? Chad Michael Murray? And I always forget that last one. Dude, none of those are correct. So then Ruby's like, I work with Jess and... Um, after she and Derek broke up, because they used to date back when he was a big game hunter, um, they just didn't want to break up the friend group and just figured out a way to all stay friends. Gus is like, oh, okay, and then starts talking himself up to make him look good in front of his girlfriend's friends, which I get. And Sean starts to note all of these noises that he's hearing, which we hear as well. Well, we get a lot of people saying, you guys seem so at ease with this. And Gus is like, I'm used to meeting new people. I'm in sales. La da da. And I was voted this and that and these superlatives in high school. And Sean is like, are we in a flight path? What is, what is happening? (laughs) We get a, okay, is everyone ready? And Stu starts to hand out whistles. What are these for? They're in case anyone gets lost. Yeah, they're about to go... On some pretty intense rapids. 
Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Yes, but only on the East Coast where it's like scaled differently than the West Coast. Like they have a totally different number scale. Did you get a, did you get a whistle? I think it might have been on my life preserver. Okay, I that I it wasn't that separate. I had one of my life preservers that like every time I did it, I thought that was part of it. Yeah, preservers. I had a hard time saying that word. Okay, um, <laughs> Sean, Sean and Gus's response to these rapids ahead are to paddle the opposite way. Yeah, just as like I never thought you guys would be into extreme sports, and Gus is like, "What?" And Sean is like, "That." And then we see the rapid, and then the whistles, and then we learn that. Ruby is a woo girl because the whole time they're on these rapids, she's like, woo, woo. And I just wrote down random quotes that I heard during this pandemonium. I would love to hear those because all I have is it sounded like most of them were having fun. They were, they were fun sounding screams, except for Sean and Gus who were having terrifying screams. So someone goes paddle forward and Gus goes, you must be out of your damn mind. And then, uh, Derek says, next level! And then just and Sean says, Jessica's hand is still on my thigh! And then Gus says, help me, Lord! <laughs> and Sean says, ask him to help me, too! And then it kind of, like, all comes down. Everybody else was, like, wooing and stuff. The rapid is over, but Stu is gone. Yeah, it's Sean who says, where's Stu? And then we, like, are looking around and people are calling out. And then, credits. It was 11 minutes into the episode before we got those credits. It seemed so long. I was like, holy crap, now? But it it was a good breaking point, I think. Juliet's on site at the site of the crash and um, or at the site of where everyone got off. And they don't know how or when Stu fell out of the boat. Yeah, Gus says, "Um, there was so much water in my face. And Sean says, yeah, Gus, all those tears. (laughs) And um, this was the most exciting thing I've ever been through. It's like when I found out that you could get brownies delivered. Except a person is missing. And Sean's like, oh, yeah, that part really stinks. We get the we get the statement that Ruby and her friends are adrenaline junkies. And Gus kind of feels like he's been cheated. Isn't that something that someone should have uh, disclosed on the first date? And Sean says, yeah, if only someone could have vetted that out for you. Gus and Ruby have an aside, and Ruby feels pretty badly about not warning him that they were going rafting in such a manner. Yeah, and that she's into that stuff. And she's like, I just didn't want to scare you off. Some guys get really freaked out about it. And Gus is like, you're not scaring me off. And then Sean is like, Gus, can I have a word with you in the stop saying crazy things to Ruby room? Please. It's like we've walked into Final Destination. We walked out of that movie. Sean... Um, wants to push the eject button. Yeah, he says, what, you didn't break up with her? And Gus says, I changed my mind. And then Lassie walks up and everybody's like, what is going on? Lassie has Stu's vest. And in Lassiter fashion, he begins to speculate that he believes Stu has drowned and is probably nowhere to be seen. Jessica is sobbing and Sean sees that there is something missing from the vest. Specifically, like, a little carabiner thing that yeah. he remembered seeing on the vest earlier. In Lassiter's defense, they did press him for his opinion on what that meant, that he found the vest. And he's like, they're all like, we could take it. And so he told them. And he's like, what? They said they could take it. Which, come on, Lassie. They're civvies. And that would have been my assumption as to what happened as well. So I feel it, Lassie. Sean goes, he did not drown. I can sense that he swam away and then dumped his vest. Lassie says, what? So he went all fish mode and swam away? And Sean said, come on, cat like Stu would never pull up Kevin Costner. But he did swim away. Is that another Guardian reference? I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, no. Never mind. That was a Waterworld reference. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Two movies I've never seen. At the Santa Barbara Police Department, Sean is having a Sean is having a moment, or Juliet's having a moment. I don't know, but they found some netting um, near the rocks where the boat had gone by. Yeah, so Sean and was telling Sean Gus believes that he attached himself to it. Yeah, Sean was telling Gus, and then Gus is like, "But why?" And Sean is like, "I don't know." And then Juliet's like, "Guys, we actually found the netting on the boulder. It looks like." 
blah, blah, blah. And Gus is like, but why would he fake his own drowning? And Juliet's like, this is why. Clearance sale at mattress discounters seems redundant. <laughs> no, other side. I hate this stupid newspaper gag they keep doing. <laughs> the last one was D's nuts. Yes. I wrote that down. That's a weird <laughs> shtick. Um, Stu and Samson, his business partner, just filed for bankruptcy. His name is Brian Samson. Yeah, I just wrote down Sean has a bunch of nonsense about Samson, and then I wrote down Bible nonsense. I didn't write down these quotes. Uh, so I didn't write down any of them. They were they were kind of tedious for me. Yeah. It was funny the first time, and then it ran through the entire episode. And I don't know. I just didn't feel it. I like it more um, when it comes up, because no one else is, like, acknowledging for Sean that Samson sounds like this big epic name of, of something of pertinence, and it just ends up being a guy named Brian, and he can't, that can't <laughs> stick in his brain, because his brain never goes man named Brian Samson. His brain goes, epic, like, battle warrior thing. Which, I mean, biblically speaking, we could have that debate about Samson, but that's <laughs> not where we're at right now. Sean thinks that he must have had a partner who helped him get to safety. And Sean kind of thinks it was Ruby. Well, yeah, Lassiter thinks he definitely had uh, a partner. And he's very mad at Sean for talking nonsense. And Sean psychs out to Ruby telling Sean not to sit in a place because it's Stu's seat. Like, mm-hmm. before they start rafting. Here's my thing. He's the most expert member of this thing. That is where the like person who's teaching you how to whitewater raft would set so this could be absolutely nothing to which i say sean is psychic this episode has so much evidence continue yeah you're 100 right that's the guide seat that is where the most experienced person should be sitting because they're also like the rudder but yeah um i don't even know where i'm at with my notes here oh he he wants a word with gus yeah good news we can use Ruby to solve the case and then look like heroes. Yeah, because the bad news is, mm, I'm pretty sure Ruby helped. Gus is like, you are unbelievable. You are against Ruby and you have somehow convinced yourself that that it's justified because she's wrong for me and some kind of nonsense about she must have done something wrong. And she's awesome and you just can't deal with that. And Ruby is not Mira. Sean is like, has she met your parents? And Gus says, they're at a timeshare in Chula Vista. Sean has the next best idea. To meeting Gus's parents. And then he says... Which is to meet. But they had this little aside that I swear was improvised, where Sean goes, where's Chula Vista? And Gus goes, I'm pretty sure they made it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're talking about when they're walking away, yeah. Yeah. His plan is to have her meet Henry, the human lie detector. And Henry is pouring her a drink, and they are sharing fishing stories. Oh, we break in. We're on Henry's bar. Henry is leaning on the bar, riveted. And she says, so it's been three hours and I'm all bloody and blistered from trying to reel in this marlin. That's when I realize we're in Cuban waters. And I realize this because their patrol boat has just blown a hole in our hole the size of a bowling ball. And then she goes, Henry, this bourbon really packs a wallop. And then she gives it to Gus and Gus chokes on it. Gus tastes it and can't breathe. Henry just loves that story. And then Sean, or then Ruby brings up that she's still very worried about Stu. Yeah, because that whole like boat sinking off of Key West and having to swim ashore thing, it, the whole trip was planned by Stu and it was her best friend and blah, blah, blah. So then Sean, Henry goes outside and Sean follows Henry outside. Where Henry is grilling and Sean is like, so sus, right? She's totally sus. It obviously, it's obvious that she's been lying. She's obviously lying about that fishing story. She's hiding something. And Henry said, no, listen, you always embellish fishing stories. It's just how it goes. Henry really likes Ruby. And thinks that Sean is just super jealous because... Gus is in a really healthy relationship with a really awesome girl, and Sean kind of just lost his awesome girl. You had one with an equally great woman, but you let her slip away. Now, Kaylee and I were talking about this um, earlier, like pre, pre-recording, pre and one of the things we noted was that Ruby and Abigail were very similar characters. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, barring and, the adrenaline is, junkie nonsense, but... Yeah, just a different kind. I mean, she did, did just go to a third world country to teach kids English, so... Yeah, she's a world traveler. Ruby's an adrenaline junkie. Um, they're both really cool. They both get all the references. They both know how to, like, vibe with different groups of people that the boys are kind of weird around. Um, different cultures and old men. <laughs> so we go back into Henry's house where Gus and Ruby are. And Gus is like, oh man, Henry loves you. And Ruby's like, yeah, but I haven't won Sean over. Well, that's just because Sean, oh, you're going to think this is hilarious. Sean thinks you helped Stu disappear. Oh my God, what? He really is psychic. Gus is like, wait, what? You did? She did help him. And uh, she she said that he thought, he said he was in some sort of trouble and just needed a few days to figure it out. And Gus is like, well, we have to tell the cops. And Ruby's like, I can't. Stu literally begged me for just a few days. And she's like, Stu, trust me. He, I'm the only person he trusts. And I trust you. We're in a trust circle now. He really wants to tell Sean, but nope, can't tell Sean. Because then it would be a trust triangle. And Gus says, I want out. And Ruby says, there are no doors. There is no Sean. For the record, it's already a trust triangle because Stu's in it. That's what I said! Uh, but we get more on this later. Sean comes in. He's trying to be cool with Ruby and because he realizes that Henry probably was right. And he screams, Smith's lyrics. You, me, five minutes. Well, he says ten minutes. And then she says, okay, we're starting with the queen is dead. And Sean goes, fifteen minutes. Gus absolutely will not look at Sean when he comes in and Ruby walks away. And Sean does a very heartfelt thing where he says, um, listen, dude, I was way off. She is really, really great. I would like to clone her so that I can have one for me and one for you. And then there's this whole thing about how she needs to be a little bit dumber so that she can connect with Sean better. Yeah, clone, just that slightly is. dim. <laughs> Um, and, um, all these feelings might just be because he hasn't heard from Abigail in a month. Yes. And what, like a month? And Gus is like, well, I really appreciate your honesty, but he still won't look at him. And he's like, what did you guys talk about? And Gus sort of changes the subject. At the Santa Barbara police department, Juliet's like, we cannot find Brian Sampson anywhere, but they did find his assistant. Oh, Sean, once again, is like, great name. Sounds like a dwarf warrior from Willow. To which I wrote, Val Kilmer reference. They have Charles Lucas, his, his assistant. And Sean is like, all right, don't worry, Jules. You want me to read them? I can tell when someone's hiding something. And he kind of like looks to Gus for confirmation. And Gus is looking away from him very pointedly. And he's like, every time I talk to you, you're looking away from me now. What's, what's up with that? Gus makes an excuse and runs away. Well, he says he's got something in his eye. And Sean is, like, concerned. And he's like, oh, what? Let me see. And Gus is like, monkey brush. Sean is like, what? That's not a thing. And Gus goes, oh, so what now? You're going to tell me that monkey brush doesn't exist? Bye. And he runs away. I was like, that is the most ridiculous borderline slapstick thing we've seen in a minute from these guys. Luckily, that got followed with a Gus, don't be the new Meshach Taylor. Oh, designing women. <laughs> I love, I've been actually just finished watching the, that entire series. Oh, jealous. On Hulu? Is it on Hulu? It's on Hulu, yeah. And they mm. just finished the entire series and it was worth watching. I did not realize, though, uh, not that this is a designing women uh, podcast, but I didn't realize that. The last two or three, last two seasons, two of the women who were in the first five seasons left the show. Ooh, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah, I, I guess I only ever watched the first five seasons. I never watched the last two until now, so. But Meshark Taylor stays the whole time, which is good stuff. Yeah. Um, red flag guy's there. That's in the, the that's interrogation the room. With Lassiter. And um. he's like... Dude, I don't know anything that's going on. Lassie's like, you're not leaving this room until you tell me the truth. And the guy's like, you can scream truth at me all day long. I won't change my answers because I don't know. Lassiter looks at Sean and said, I just want to make it very clear 
that you are just here to observe. You are not here to question in this interview. Smile and nod, smile and nod. We recognize him from Sean's psych out uh, when he thought he was going to a picnic. And he goes, well, I've got something. Um, you were there. You were there at the river when Stu disappeared. Yes, he was. He dropped them off and then he took his car down river so that they wouldn't have to walk all the way back up the river. Um, and he's not lying about that. Yeah, he took a cab home and he, he talks to Gus. He says, man, he's not lying. His lip is still, there's sweat on his forehead. His fingers aren't trembling. So Sean walks over, claps a hand on Charles Lucas's shoulder, starts to notice all the things going wrong with Gus appear to be signs of lying. Who still won't make eye contact, whose lips are trembling, who still has sweat on who has sweat on his forehead, and whose fingers are not perfectly still. Um, and Sean calls Gus straight out in the middle of the interrogation in front of Charles Lucas. Yeah, and Lasseter's like, who's being interrogated right now? And Sean is like, Gus, Gus, what are you hiding? And Gus leaves. Lassie, Sean chases Lassie him. Lassie sees it too. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's definitely hiding something. We have a walk and talk. Sean knows that Ruby told him something that he is not sharing with Sean. And then we find out, I think maybe from Juliet, that yes. Samson has been found and he looks to be a victim of a hunting accident in the woods. Ding, 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 ding. Now, y'all, if all the things we've said thus far in this recap have not clued you in, I don't know what to tell you because all the signs were very, very clearly there in this episode. Um, I didn't remember this episode almost at all, and I could tell you immediately who the killer was and um, how many people they were going to kill or attempt to kill. Yeah. Um, how many people were going to be dead by the episode? By the end of the episode, Stu and Samson took out life insurance policies on one another. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They each took out a one million insurance policy on themselves, and they named each other as the beneficiaries. So Sean is like, oh no, do you think- Red so flag, red flag, red yeah. flag. Do we think Stu killed him for the money? And Jules is like, well, that'd be plenty of motive. So Sean goes to Gus, anything you want to say now, buddy? You sure? Gus runs out. He says, I gotta go, and runs away. So we give chase. Gus shows up at a rock climbing place where, like an indoor rock climbing place where uh, he needs to talk to Ruby right now. Jess and Derek are also there and Jess is like, I know it seems crazy, but it's kind of our coping mechanism. Sean comes in, Gus is not about to go climb, and he refuses to talk to Sean until he can talk to Ruby. So both of them decide to climb up the wall. Now, Kaylee and I cheated. We had to. Because I thought I found a pineapple in a totally different place, um, which I don't believe it was actually there. Kaylee didn't find one at all. But up on the wall, there is a little pineapple-shaped rock. Uh, as part of the rock climbing, which does not sound, like, practical in my book. Oh, no. It for sure was just screwed up there for the aesthetic um, moment. <laughs> it, 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 it's not like a, like a, a handy hold of any um, good design. But it is at minute 2402, right to the left of Ruby. And you have to look really close because it just looks like a little bit of a yellow blob unless you like pause and look really close and see like the texture that makes it a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Sean is climbing as well. Gus will not talk to him. Sean is trying to figure out why. Gus said, it's complicated. Yeah. And then Sean said, no, math is complicated. The show It's Complicated was complicated. The song Complicated by Avril Lavigne, ironically, not that complicated. Um, then Jess starts weirdly flirting with Sean again. Something about, um, ooh, you're finally learning to be the aggressor. And he's like, what? No, I'm not here to see you. And she's like, sure. And I'm wearing panties. It, I hate that word, first of all. Writers do better. Women can be super aggressive flirters, and it doesn't have to be, like, stupid man toilet humor. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Jessica is not a great representation of women in this episode. Poor, like, she, the actress is doing the most, though. Like, props to her. Yeah. I love seeing her. Again, she's the one from the WWE. Legs for days. Tall drink of water. We love it. We love to see it. But Derek leans over and gets kind of weird. He also insinuates that Sean is the one chasing after Jessica. And he's like, oh, you guys are getting along so well. Maybe I should give you my key to her apartment. Because you let your ex-boyfriend keep a key to your apartment? 
Also, you're gonna let him give it to some random guy? None of this. Okay. None of this is mathing. Anyway, um, Sean tells Gus. This is complicated. No, sorry. Yeah, this is complicated. Sean tells Gus, "Come on, it is your responsibility to tell the cops what you know. If you don't, it's just the same as lying." And Gus says, "Oh, should I conf- confess to them that you're not actually psychic?" And Sean is like, "Excuse me, how did you get from A to B?" Because number one, <laughs> he is psychic. Sorry, that's my aside. <laughs> that's fair. Gus is like, listen, need to let Sean into the Gus cir- or into the Gus circle, into the trust circle. Gus Can't circle. Handle it anymore. <laughs> yep. Ruby says, um, Stu could never have killed Samson, no matter what, or no matter how much he deserved it. What? What are you talking about? And apparently, she's like, um. Brian Sampson was using all of the money from their business for his exorbitant lifestyle. He's the reason they were filing for bankruptcy, but Stu never would have done anything rash. He wasn't that type of guy. Sean and Gus are off the wall and arguing about the case, their partnership. To the blueberry, because as our walk and talk is taking us there. There is a very funny back and forth, including a lot of long wrong facts and a uh, reference to um, episodes one and two of this ep- of this season. Um, and Sean is like, no, you need to do something else. I'm the one going to the SBPD because you're keeping secrets and you should, you should crawl back under your keeping secrets rock and get, get comfy there and, and have all your rock babies or something like that. I didn't write it down. Both of them talk about how observant they are and how, uh, how much they focus and everything. Um, Sean and Gus both get into the blueberry. Gus pulls out. We see Sean's motorcycle. Gus pulls back in. Sean gets out, gets on his motorcycle, and moves on. We don't see that motorcycle unless it's for a joke. Yeah. And then (laughs) James Rodé Rodriguez, you literally, he walks right up to it, picks up the helmet, and that's where the scene ends. Because he's not getting on that damn bike. Like, he's just (laughs) not. (laughs) At the Santa Barbara Police Department, I made a note that we still have not seen Chief Vic. But... Alexis is eating ice. She has ice in her cheek like a chipmunk, and it's very distracting to me. <laughs> no, no mouth sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have an iron deficiency. Listen, okay, I have two fractures. Lucky. Um, Lassie is like, I know where he is. There is this small ranch outside of Reno. I believe that's where Stu has fled to after he killed Brian Sampson. Uh, he is ready to, you know, get the troops going, and um, Sean and Gus start playing with lasers all over his map. Yeah, because he was pointing with a laser, and um, Sean and Gus start add like three and four and five different lasers, and then, <laughs> um, wrong, Lassiter. I believe he is just outside of Lone Pine. And Lester says, "Mm, and you know that how? And Sean's like, the same way I know all the things I know about this case. Anyway, if you mobilize to Nevada, you potentially could embarrass yourself and all of the departments you coordinate with. However, if you go to Lone Pine, which is on the way, you risk only humiliating me. All right, everyone, let's head to Lone Pine. (laughs) I love Lassiter. He's like, he's just like buying Sean's logic. He's just like, sure, let's humiliate. The full brigade is there, and they are headed to this little tiny trailer. Like uh, and Sean and Gus are in the back of the brigade. Yeah, a little airstream, just like Woody. And um, Lassiter breaks into the airstream, and whilst doing so, Gus is like, "Listen, man, I I felt like I had to lie to you. Eventually, we're both going to be married, and there will be certain things that we cannot share with each other." Sean's like, "I don't want to think about that right now," but also. We're still going to live next to each other and have pools that go across both our lawns, right? Fist bump of solidarity. Sean says, dibs on the diving board. Yeah, right, son. Um, Sean and Gus head into the trailer, and it appears that Stu has 1144 to himself. Yeah, there's a gunshot wound to the head. There's a gun on his stomach. And Lasseter's like, well, I guess this is all tied up all neatly. Come on, Lasseter. When is it ever? Do some actual police work. Come on. We go to the Santa Barbara Police Department where we finally see Chief Vic. It's been a million years. I've missed Chief Vic. Her presence brings such levity. Love, love me some Chief Vic. 
So um, the whole gang's there. Ruby and Derek and Jess and Sean and Gus and Chief at the head of the table. Stu's friends have no idea why he would have 1144 himself, even considering the bad financial state that he was in. And he didn't leave a suicide note. And then Ruby's like, I was the only one who knew that he was he was doing this. And just is like, and then, um, excuse you, he came to me first and he asked me where he could hide. And I told him, that's not the way to act. You need to like man up and stand up for your problems and not go into hiding. Ruby thought that she was the only one he could trust. That is so like you to think that you're the special one. Yeah, they have like this full, almost like knockdown drag out. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like not even friends like sisters fight that bad. This is like catty. Do you even really like each other? Oh, Vic cuts them off, stops the fight. Sean is very interested in the girl fight continuing. Doesn't happen. And then we find out from Chief Vic that Jessica once stalked Brian Sampson. That is such bullcrap. Okay, he was sending me mixed signals. Mixed signals, Sean. It probably goes without saying, but Jessica is now a person of interest and has been asked not to leave the, the, the city, the town, whatever. Derek's like, good, can we all go? Chief Vic says yes, they all go, including Ruby. Yeah, they're kind of dismissed. And then the boys are reminded that they're not actually hired on this case. And she's gathering uh, her papers together. She 1000% lets Sean get a peek. Like, she's just like, da, 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 da. Here's this Emmy photo of of the man we have downstairs that we found the body of. Da, 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 da. Sean sees that picture and... Gus and Ruby have a walk and talk where they decide that there will be no more secrets. And then they have a lovely group hug that Sean lets himself in on. I have a question about about Gus and Ruby's back and forth. Because he admits to her that he's divorced, but he has no children. Um, and she admits that... And is she only talking about her hair here? Or is she claiming that her tan also came from a bottle? Like, does she mean her mm. hair is a bottle and weave? Or... Do, okay. Because I was like... yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think confused. I think she's saying it's a weave and it's dyed. Yes. Bottle and weave. Yeah. She's a bottle yeah. brunette and she has weave in her hair because she has glorious hair. Um, she does. And her credit score is 770, which is not bad. I mean, it's not ours, but... I was like, not as good as our credit score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's fine. Sean pretends like he was all about Ruby from the very, very beginning. And, and he tells Gus, Gus says that he... Oh. Go oh. for it. I was just going to oh, say... Oh, that he is now 110% on the Ruby train. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know what? You go take care of what you got to take care of. I'll handle the case for a while. And Gus is like, the case we're not hired on. Gus And Sean goes, you know how we do. There's another fist bump. And uh, Sean goes to the mortuary with Woody. I just wrote Woody. I couldn't read my handwriting, but it says Woody. Um, There's a little bit of back and forth. Woody is still really even keel in this episode. He's not. Yeah. He's not weird yet. Like he's quirky, Uh, but he's not weird. I'm going to tell you where I think the line crosses. Okay. Um, the, The Sean brought him a pair of slippers to bribe him for information, which is solid. There are some more Samson jokes that are going on, to which Woody's all about that. Oh, yeah. And Sean says, when I say Samson, what pops into your brain? And Woody says, a vacuum you can use in space. And Sean is like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Woody said that they did not find a bullet. However, he thinks it came from a Winchester 70 rifle. Sean is like, ooh, wow, without a bullet? How do you know that? I'm not exactly sure what the lead up was, but uh, Woody's response is, correct you are, my nicely gelled friend. Yes. Which is a wonderful hair reference. Wonderful. And he's like, here's how, here's the science behind me figuring out that it was a Winchester 70. Here's where it gets there for me. A watermelon for the head. Of course. Standard. A porterhouse to represent a human thigh. <laughs> Naturally. And maple wood 
to represent Oakwood. <laughs> I'm I'm saying quirky. I'm saying that's not freak flag time. I'm trying to figure out why they need something to represent the head and something to represent the thigh. Maybe not on this guy, but <laughs> um, Sean is just kind of going with it, and he's like. I, w- I really wish I could help you. And Sean is like, you've helped me more than you know. And he goes up and he's psyching out for Laster and Jules. And he's like getting all the words wrong. I didn't even write down what he says. Do you have any of them? Worcester was the first one. The sauce? That doesn't make any sense. Westchester. The country? A country can't shoot someone. Winchester. 69? 70. Yes, a Winchester 70. Jessica owns owns one. Dun, dun, dun. So we get them going down to, like, check in on Jess. Um, That's Lester and Jules. And then Sean gets on the phone to Gus, and he's like, hey, where are you and Ruby? You have to stay away from Jess. Like, just don't go near her. And Gus is like, uh, Ruby went paragliding with Derek. She said she needed to clear their head. They're weird. (laughs) We cut to Derek and Ruby, who are paragliding or whatever they're doing, and hang gliding. I'm not sure. Derek is using the GPS because they're going to use the GPS to hike back to their original spot. And when he's setting the coordinates, Ruby sees that there is a lone pine measurement in that GPS. Like a GPS marker, yeah. And she's like, why is that in there? And Derek's like, really wish you hadn't seen that. Because she's like, oh my god. And then Sean, at this exact moment, is having like a super psychic freak out. Where all of a sudden, he's like, Derek introduces himself as a big game hunter. But he's turned over a new leaf. Derek used to date Jess. And like, maybe that's why she has this Still has a key to her apartment. Right? And then... Derek talking about how they're such a tight knit group and then the weird look on Stu's face and Sean is like oh my god Ruby is in danger um they have to take the bike yes on the at the psych office Sean is like they've just raided Jess they've booked her or no Gus says they've just raided Jess and they've booked her and Gus is like yeah she was crazy it's a good thing that they got to her before you two hooked up Sean is like what in what world am I hooking up with Jess and Gus is like, you know. You know honey was fly. <laughs> you know honey was fly. <laughs> and Sean is like, ah, well, yes, she had legs that I could climb. <laughs> Which we had to make a reference to her legs because it's pertinent to her wrestling career. We're back to Ruby and Derek. And Ruby is like, not, not really in shock, but in true disappointment with Derek. Oh my god, She's how like, did you do how this? could you, you do that? Friends. He was our friend. He didn't know the meaning behind the word friendship. I made Brian pay, and Stu could cash in, but he all of a sudden got a conscience. Then she's like, well, how about we decide to be friends and you just don't kill me? And Derek goes off on this huge kind of weird thing where he's like, you don't understand how awesome it is to kill other human beings. Well, he actually says because he hunted Brian down. He's like, there's adrenaline rush of hunting a man down and seeing the look on his face when he understands what you're about to do. It's it's so next level. It's unlike any of this other stuff we even do. Ruby's like, okay, let me try to uh, make the crazy man work for me. And so she starts hitting on him. It doesn't work. Oh, she's fully like... I could always sense that you were the strongest of us. I was always so jealous that Jess got to be with you. And he's like, don't insult my intelligence. Which she's allowed to because he's a, he's a, I can't even, with words. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, fine, Um, but I had to try. Derek is ready to push her off the cliff. But uh, Sean can see everything now. Sean and Gus have shown up and is like, I know what happened. Derek killed Samson to help Stu get the insurance money, but then Stu freaked out about it. Because he Um, wasn't crazy. (laughs) Gus starts talking, starts screaming, stuff like that, and uh, Sean's reaction to that is to give it to the magic head. Yeah, to like do his like psych out hand. Yes, and he's like just fluttering his fingers. (laughs) It's so good. And Gus is like, yeah, he wasn't crazy, so he was going to go to the police. And that's why you had to get rid of Stu next. And then 
Sean is like, are you done? And Gus is like, yeah, I'm done. And then Sean takes it back. Basically, he used the gun. He took it back to Jessica's so that it was there. He tracked down Stu. He killed Stu. Derek said, you know, peace. And he jumps on his power glider thing and and is ready to, to go. But then Gus jumps on to Derek's back and goes gliding with him. Yeah, so what happened was the SBPD shows up. And Derek is like, whoop, and is out. And then Gus chases him down and pops on him while Sean goes to make sure that Ruby doesn't accidentally slide off the cliff. And um, they're in the SBPD car, and they're like, oh my god, Gus, hold on! And Sean is like, don't worry. When Gus is scared, he can cling to something like a drowning cat. Which is very dark, but... Gus and Derek end up landing in like a baseball field sort of area. Yeah. And Derek is completely passed out. And Ruby is so impressed. She's like, oh my god, you manhandled a murderer to the ground. A man protects his lady. I am your rock. I am your island. And then Gus is like, yeah. And Sean is like, for real though? And Gus is like, I maybe sort of squeezed him too tight and he passed out by accident. And my helmet might have smacked his chin by mistake. Sean is like, okay, so you muscled up his back and you put him in a sleeper hold on purpose. We're going to go with that. Fist bump. Which, good looking out, that is the perfect story, and you have to get it straight. <laughs> At Santa Santa Barbara Police Department for our final scene, uh, Derek has been arrested. And oh, when they're bringing him in, I was like, they have a giant in custody. Ugh, he's too tall. <laughs> <laughs> Gus has come back from taking Ruby home, and Sean keeps saying that Ruby is lucky to have Gus. Oh, but Sean also, um, not catcalled, but jeered at, at Derek when he was getting taken away. And he was like, yo, the next level's gonna be dope. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that uh, Ruby and Gus decided to take a break to see if the re- uh, attraction was actually real or if it was just an attraction based on all of the adrenaline moments that they've had at the beginning of their relationship. So... I thought the reason for Gus waiting to tell Sean was that he wanted to make it sure it was real and solid and that Sean couldn't mess it up. So how long have they been dating and then all of a sudden all this like adrenaline murdery stuff happens? It was her idea. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Sean was like, look at my grown's up man making grown's up decisions. It was her idea, wasn't it? (laughs) Of course. I was begging. Sean starts going into this hypothetical situation where he's like, dude, I keep thinking about what would happen if we would have to go out on the lamb, out on the lamb. If it was us, death and starvation are imminent. How long would you want me to wait before I ate you? What? What is the matter with you? I have no answer to that. Juliet comes up and they ask Juliet if she has ever considered eating her friends. She gives a... In the face of imminent death. So Gus is like, people don't plan for that. And Sean is like, it's perfectly reasonable. It's like a living will. Lassie comes up and asks Lassie, or and Sean asks Lassie if he has a plan. And Lassie says, well, I'm with Spencer. I have a, an order worked out of, of how I would dispose of all of you in that situation. O'Hara, Guster, then Spencer. And I even have a list of whose organs I would want for transplant. And a contingency for if I was the last man on earth and had to procreate with a member of the department. Sean, Gus, and Juliet all walk away very, very quickly. Well, none of you even made the list. (laughs) That's a very humorous ending to this episode that I quite enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this isn't my favorite episode, but it was fun. This episode also may have sparked me thinking about in what order I would eat the three of you should uh, we end up in the face of imminent death. You 1000% have thought about that before. Like, I think this original no, viewing of this no, was I, the impetus. Yeah, I think it was. I, that, the first time I watched this episode, I was like, hmm, I have three friends. In what order would I eat them? Here's the and thing I about Alexis. <laughs> Alexis is the most honest carnivore you will ever meet. She eats meat, <laughs> and she's willing to eat any other kind of meat. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm not willing to eat any other kind of meat. However, <laughs> if, if the situation presented itself, I had thought about like flavor and tenderness. Oh my God. 
And so there were like there were there were certain aspects as to why I I picked the order that I picked. If I'm being honest, I don't remember the order at this point. Also, um, we are all in our mid thirties. We are no longer tender. It's not going to matter that much. You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh God. Okay. We should say she has a background in culinary. <laughs> Yeah. I, it, yes. At the time, I was also in culinary school, so we were talking a lot about meat and how how meat is like take. How, yeah, how you prepare animals when they're animals to be meat, and yeah, there was a lot of that going on. So yes, I believe that this was the impetus, though. I should take this uh, opportunity to come out as once again one hundred percent completely vegan. Um, it <laughs> it, uh, it has it has. I, I fell off that train for a little while. I thought I was I was doing enough eating local, and I I've I've actually gone back to one hundred percent. Have you? Yes, I have. It's it's pretty recent, but I'm like I'm reading my a book, and I'm like inspired. And I when when I was like, well, people are kind of gonna ask me why, and I was like, I just want like a quick pithy answer. And I was like, the only thing that came to mind was a quote from Zoolander. Like, the book's quick answer is, like, just individually trying to widen my circle of compassion to other beings and the earth and everything. But the Zoolander answer that I like is, I just thought maybe there had to be more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good looking. (laughs) So that's why. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about anything else. That's where the episode needs to end. Yeah, we have quotes. Not from Zoolander. Oh, oh that's true. No, not, not from Zoolander. Okay. Well, I am Alexis. More than a little, but less than enough. But I make sense, don't I? And I'm Kaylee. Because I'm beginning to question your dedication to this case, our partnership, and maybe even America. And this has been... To, to the, the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs> <laughs>